0: Well, tonight, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, Jesus is wetter than anything. Um, You know, a lot of you guys know that um, in our student ministry, kind of our student ministry uh, um, theme is is Jesus is greater than anything, and and just this reality of of that the gospel and embracing Christ with our life is is really the the greatest thing you can do with your life. And uh, so we're going to be looking at John chapter 4, and uh, in John chapter 4, it's the uh, the story of the woman at the well. And uh, in in this story, Jesus kind of shares the gospel with this woman um, through the analogy of water, uh, through the picture of water. And so we're going to kind of be uh, using that kind of in a fun way to say that uh, Jesus is wetter than anything. Um, before I forget, um, who is here that is in Bonnie Castor and Kenny Castor's small group? Who's in that small group? Okay. Helen Gabriel called a little bit ago, and uh, she is in Parrington delivering a horse, so she will not be there tonight, and she asked me to tell you guys to not send out the Mounties or the police to look for her, uh, she's doing that with Elizabeth, uh, uh, so uh, she's out there um, having a good time with her daughter, so don't worry about her, okay, nothing's wrong, um, how many of you have maybe had a chance meeting with a famous person? Anybody have a chance meeting with a famous person? Anybody have something like that? I was trying to think in my life. I have one, but, you know, it's kind of lost its it's um, its lost its glamour to me over the years. Um, because of some circumstances, I might share that with you here in a little bit. I may not. I don't know. I wasn't sure if I should share about it or not. Um, I was talking to uh, to Winnie earlier. I asked her if she'd met a famous person. And Winnie had shared that she met a guy named Ernest Tubb. Anybody know who Ernest Tubb is? I had no idea who he was. So I I, I was ashamed. I was like, wow, he must be really famous. And I don't know who he is. Uh, She also met Billy Graham. Uh, She actually went to a, a crusade, I guess, that he was doing and shook his hand. So, um, I don't know what that means. She said it was when she was young. She said it it was a long time ago. And so, uh, I, I don't know what that means. Um, Pastor Chris has met a guy uh, named Neil McCoy. Uh, anybody know who Neil McCoy is? Yes, yeah, some of you are shaking your heads. I guess he's a country singer too. <laughs> okay, just starting to see a pattern here, aren't you? Um, Kenny Rogers. I do know who Kenny Rogers is. My grandpa used to sing a lot of Kenny Ron- Rogers songs. So, oh, uh, he, uh Gil. Vince Gill. Okay. Okay. I, I know who that is. So, I met Dr. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> wow, neat, neat, neat. Okay. Ah, we've opened a can of worms now. Yeah, Dornell. <laughs> Danny Thomas. Yeah, he's the. Um... did was he like for Hardee's or something like that too, or did he do like some fast food change too? No. Ken Ham, yes, from Answers in Genesis. Ken Ham. Yeah, some of you guys have met him before. Yes, Janet? Mac Powell, third day. Yeah. Met him. That's kind of cool. I know who he is. Um. Well, let me tell you mine, okay? This is uh, a long time ago. How many of you remember, uh, this was a while ago, uh, this artist was kind of gaining in popularity, a young lady artist. Um, this was when I was in college, and so my hormones were raging. You can imagine all the things going on there. But it was a young woman, a, music, a Christian musician, named Jennifer Knapp. Anybody remember her? Um, so she she was a talented artist i remember i was in college she did a coffee house um for our kind of bsu or whatever you want to call it bcm uh, baptist collegiate ministry deal and uh and so i actually got to i actually got to shake her hand and just visit with her um before she did our coffee house concert and uh the reason I kind of debated on whether to share it or not is that recently she's made some choices in her life um, that are contrary to the gospel. <laughs> and, and so she's really going down a, a kind of rebellious time in her life. Um, and so she's no longer doing Christian music, I don't believe. And, um, but anyway, so that's my famous person that I've met. The only one. And now she's not living for the Lord anymore. Uh, it's really disappointing. Um, but, uh, well, this, this, this evening... Um, we're, we're talking about the woman at the well, and I, the reason I brought up those, those analogies or that illustration of asking if you've met anybody famous is, you know, because here's a woman in a very ordinary time in her life. Uh, she's doing a very ordinary thing, and she walks up on this very ordinary day, and she meets the most famous of all people— uh, the name above all names is what God's Word tells us. Uh, she meets Jesus, and she doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know that sitting on this well um, is, is God in flesh, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, so that's kind of where we're, we're going to camp out here tonight in John chapter 4. Um, let, let's read together um, here, uh, John chapter 4, and uh, follow along as I, as I read. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, He who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for uh, this record of your life, um, this, this day uh, in your life. Um, what it must have been like uh, that afternoon to, uh, to be uh, there at the, at the well and to uh, reach out to this woman um, who is far away from you and far away from God. Um, Lord, we pray uh, that you might give us as your people uh, just a deep love for people that feel rejected um, by their community, people that feel like they're an outsider, um, and most of all, people that feel like they're an outsider when it comes to you. Uh, Lord, give us a heart for people and a deep love for those um, who don't know you. Um, Lord, also, thank you for uh, the gospel. Thank you for the reality of a of a God who, who cares for the outcast. Um, Lord, whether we realize it or not, we all kind of fit in that category um, because of our sin, because of our cho- a choice to rebel against you. Um, and um, it, is only, it is only because of grace that any of us can call or claim the title of children of God. Um, it's only because of grace that any of us can, can worship you. Lord, thank you for being willing to push through barriers. Um, to push into people's lives uh, f- very, very forcefully at times. Uh, we just thank you for the power of the gospel to change and to love people um, relentlessly. Uh, we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to co- cover a couple points um, this evening. And I've been working my way through the book of John. Um, This this year is kind of one of my resolutions, and uh, so you're kind of going to get some of my devotional points, if that's okay, uh, with you guys. Um, But one of the first things uh, I want to cover is, is I don't think we should underestimate God's ability to take really ordinary moments and to turn them into really extraordinary opportunities, Um, I really think that just screens out from this text um, uh, as we look at this, uh, really a less than ordinary woman um, in in many ways. And and I'm not trying to be mean or or hurtful, uh, but just a woman who is really in her life, um, has made some choices uh, that have caused her to be an outcast in society, probably in a lot of ways. Um, also, um, just kind of thinking about the relationship between Jews and Samaritans, uh, let me give you a little context uh, for this relationship. Um, one, of, one of the first things that this woman, uh, w- her response to Jesus is, you know, how is it that you ask me for a drink for you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan? Uh, why, why is that significant? And uh, some of us who maybe are familiar uh, with the story and have heard it preached before or maybe know of some reasons why why. Uh, why this response would be kind of really kind of this woman's taken aback by Jesus's speaking to her, um, but but one of the things um, that uh, that would have uh, been going on here as this woman is, is looking at Jesus is um, that. Jews and Samaritans worship God very differently. They would claim to worship the same God. Uh, Samaritans would say, hey, we worship the God of Jacob, um, the God of Abraham, just like the Jews do. Um, But some things in history happened to where um, there was a division. Um, And uh, let let me just kind of, I'm not going to go into great detail, but let's suffice it to say... um, the Samaritans at one point asked the Jews for permission to help them build a temple to worship God um, in Jerusalem. And the, the Jews' response to the Samaritans was, we don't want your help. You have no part of worshiping God with us. Um, and so you can imagine uh, that would be very hurtful. Here, here they're offering their help. Um, they want to be a part, and the, the Jews basically say, hey, you can't play with us. We, we don't want you to come over to our house. Um, later, um, because of that, um, the Samaritans chose to build a temple of their own. And they built a temple, and they kind of reference it. Uh, she references this mountain uh, that, that the Samaritans worship on. And what the Samaritans have done, had done is they built a temple on a mount called Mount Gerizim. Um, and so they built their own temple where they worshiped God. Um, well, during the intertestamental period between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, the Jews, um, at some point in there, came to Mount Gerizim, and they tore down the Samaritan temple. Um, and, and so, you can imagine there's some bad feelings between these two groups uh, when it comes to worshiping God. Um, and so, this is all going on. Um, so, the Jews, all that to say, the Jews didn't really think very much of the Samaritans, um, to, to say the least, uh, to pay me put it kind of put it kind of mildly, um, and the Samaritans did not think much of the Jews, um, and, and so here's this woman who is a Samaritan, someone who would have been very uh, despised by the Jews just by her nationality, um, and, um, and and Jesus um, is reaching out to her in spite of in spite of her socio political background. Um, Jesus says, "Hey, I I know that." traditionally our groups of people have not got along but i don't i don't really think that barrier is important it's kind of what jesus is saying by reaching out to her um so here's another thing i think this is interesting uh kind of going back to the idea of ordinary um (laughs) you think uh and i hear this all the time from young people um not 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 adults as much but probably a lot of you have heard this said by young people um Man, my town is so boring. I just want (laughs) to... I want to move and I want to go somewhere where stuff is happening. I want to be where, man, the action is, you know, let's move to a city or let's move to this town. And, and uh, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that everybody says that about their, t- I mean, you could find a town that's, you could find probably people in New York City that say that about New York City. You know, New York City's okay, but I want to go somewhere where things are really happening, you know. I want to go somewhere where things are awesome, you know. And, and so, it's, it's you know, I hear that all the time here in Woodward. Woodward we're just a small town. I heard that growing up, and in, in I lived, I lived in a little town called Potosi, Um, you know, and, and and so kids were always saying, "Man, I can't wait to get out of here," you know, because I want to go where the action is. Things are just too plain, too bland, too ordinary. Well, let me let me just submit this to you, okay? You think your town's boring, okay? What if you lived in a town called what is it called? Man, this this is a funny name for a town. Psychar. Okay, what if you lived in Sycar? How would you like to live there? I'm sure it's really happening there. I mean, you have to walk, you have to walk around, and, and you have to go draw your own water from a well. I mean, imagine if you lived in Sychar. Uh So you think your town's boring? Think this town is insignificant? Um, pull up a chair. Because you know what, Jesus doesn't care about any of that, and God is just about to unleash His grace in the city of Sychar. It's not even a city; the town of Sychar. Okay, I mean, He is getting ready to work and do something awesome. Uh, and, and so I say all that um, from from, from uh, the, this perspective. Um, there are so many moments in life, and, and this is I think life is a made made up a lot of a lot of these moments if we let it be. Um, when we're doing stuck, we're stuck doing something in a place that maybe we're not really happy about. And on a scale of one to three, as far as what we think is significant in life, it's like ranking like a one, you know. And so we're just thinking, man, why am I stuck doing this stupid fast food job? Or why am I stuck in this classroom in front of this teacher? Um, Why am I stuck in Woodward, Oklahoma, you know, and just feeling like, man, this just does not matter. It is not exciting. It's too plain. It's too ordinary. It's bland. Yet, as God's sovereignty would have it, it's one of those moments right here in in John chapter 4 where he's getting ready to do something extraordinary um, in the life of this woman. Uh, A very ordinary Samaritan woman, a very ordinary bland town. And God's getting ready to just unleash his grace. And the Savior of the world is about to save a whole town (laughs) of people is what's about to happen here. So don't underestimate God's ability to turn ordinary moments into extraordinary. More on that a little later. Verses 7 through 9, I think as we look at this, don't underestimate the reach of God's love. I've already kind of mentioned a little bit uh, kind of the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. Um, Here's here's Jesus, and he's getting ready to press past kind of these walls that are kind of built. Uh, You know the walls I'm talking about? Um, we set up walls between us uh, and between other people kind of in relationships. There's kind of these, these, these unsaid walls that we're not supposed to cross, these unsaid boundaries that we're not supposed to um, you know, press past um, in our culture. Um, and, and, and there were a lot of them here. There's kind of three main walls um, that uh, Jesus presses past um, in this relationship with this Samaritan woman. One of the walls that Jesus presses pa- past is, is something I think I'm taking a little license with. I don't know that you can find. This is not in the text per se. Um, so I, I want you to know ahead of time that I'm taking a little license here. Um, but I think this is there. I, I think this is probably there. Wall number one is body language. I, I'm just guessing, but I'm betting this uh, at this afternoon when Jesus is is walking, or when this woman's walking up to the well, and Jesus is sitting there on the well. I'm just guessing that there's probably some body language uh, that this woman is sending to Jesus. He's she's walking up to the well. She sees a strange man sitting at the well. She's intentionally. ...gone at a time of day when nobody is supposed to be drawing water... ...and nobody is supposed to be at the well. Um, It it says the sixth hour in the text. And so uh, the sixth hour, um, according to the Bible, would have been noon. That would have been the day started in the morning when the sun came up. So the sixth hour would have been high noon. It's the hottest part of the day. She's headed to the well all by herself. Okay, She didn't bring anybody with her deliberately, probably... She's wanting to go by herself, and we can assume that from a couple things. Probably uh, the reasons, maybe, why she was going alone. Um, she was probably she may be going alone because of her reputation. Uh, she may not have very many friends. She's a woman who has had five husbands, um, and uh, probably not the most popular girl in town among the other girls. Um, and uh, and so. She, she's living with a guy right now that's not her husband. Um, and and so, so she's probably going to the well by herself on purpose. And I'm just guessing the here's this strange man sitting on the well. She's probably giving him some body language where she's probably not trying to engage him in conversation. Uh, I'm just imagining this. Um, you know the body language I'm talking about, right? Somebody won't look you in the eye. Okay, they—they're not trying to look you in the eye, first of all. Um, maybe and we do this, don't we? Um, You—you try to pretend like you're really deep in thought or really engaged in something else, as to not draw attention. You know, almost to where you know, even if somebody would say something to you, um, you know, that you would be able to pretend like you can't—you didn't hear them. You know, to where you're just ignoring them. Um, and so I just imagine that there's probably some body language going on there where this woman is—is is really really trying to be deliberate about, I don't want to draw any attention to myself. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, And so I'm I'm just guessing there's some body language there uh, going on. Um, The the second wall that I want to talk about is wall number two. I think probably would have been the issue of gender. Okay, here's a woman um, coming to the well um, and and this is a little different than our culture, um, but, but in the Jewish culture, um, it, it would be probably a lot more similar to um, the Middle East culture of today um, where husbands don't even talk to their wives in public. Um, I know that sounds weird to us, but that probably would have been the culture uh, that, that this would have been taking place in. A husband would not even address his wife uh, in public. And so it was very unusual for men to address any woman in public. Um, and so, so that would have been a barrier. Uh, again, an unusual thing for Jesus to address uh, this woman. Um, but once again, Jesus, he, he doesn't care about that. He, he's not worried about that. What, what he cares about, he cares about this woman. Um, and so, so he speaks to her. Uh, the third thing, and this is, this is the last barrier that I'm going to mention. There there may have been some other ones there as well. But I've already mentioned it kind of, is the religious uh, slash political slash cultural barrier of just the Samaritans and the Jews. They just don't get along. They just don't get along. Um, I, I tried to think of an example. And so I, I kind of, my, my thought was, Hey, this would maybe be something that, that uh, you guys would understand. It would be like two people that get together to plan a bedlam party. Um, and so they're so excited, you know, they get together, they're trying to plan this bedlam party. And then they find out, kind of as they start planning, that they have very different ideas of what it means to plan a, a, a good bedlam party because one of them's an OSU fan and the other one's an OU fan. And so it's like, you want to decorate in orange? Why? What are you talking about? You know, or you want to decorate in crimson? You know, this does not work. You know, that's not the colors I was thinking of. Um, And so they just don't have, they have radically different ideas when it comes to what it it means to worship. Um, And and that's what we have here with the Jews and the Samaritans. Um, So... uh, so, so, first point, again, just kind of review. Don't underestimate the reach of God's, uh, the reach of God's love. Or, I'm sorry, that's the second point. Don't underestimate God's ability to turn ordinary moments into extraordinary. And number two, don't underestimate the reach of God's love. Uh, to push through barriers. Um, the, th- the third thing uh, tonight, don't underestimate the importance of the gospel. Um, Jesus... I think I kind of went back to this analogy of Jesus being wetter than anything. Um, and where I'm kind of getting that from is, is that Jesus, when this woman brings up all these barriers and she's why you want to talk to me, I'm Samaritan, you're a Jew. Um, hey, we worship on this mountain. You worship on that mountain. She's kind of throwing out all these barriers and hoping that Jesus will just buzz off. Right. I mean, just leave me alone. I, I don't want to talk to you. You can't help me. You're different than me. Um, Jesus continues to rebuff her with this. This is one of his statements. He goes, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, given you living water. Basically saying, Jesus Jesus, basically saying, hey, <laughs> you can keep throwing out reasons, but what you got to understand, all the reasons you can think of, not to talk with me are insignificant because of who I am there's nothing big enough there's not a reason big enough for you to not want to talk to me because i have everything that you need i am god's son and i'm and, and furthermore i love you <laughs> okay so i'm not going to let you let you just push me away that easy i love you i love you with a relentless love so you can't tell me to buzz off. But she continues to try. And so my fourth point is, no, really, don't underestimate the importance of the gospel. Okay? No, really, don't do it. Because she, she continues to go on. She, she responds to Jesus, sir, you have nothing to draw water with. Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty. She's still so caught up in the ordinary. Do you see it? She's still so caught up. Look, this is an ordinary day. I'm here doing an ordinary task. I'm here to draw water. What are you talking about? Why do you keep talking to me about... Why do you want to keep talking to me, Jesus? Just leave me alone. This is just... You're, you're trying to tell me that you have some water for me that can give me eternal life? What? What? You have water that I won't ever be thirsty again? And I know it's easy, and I do this. You know, I'm reading Bible verses like this, and I just think, this is so funny. Doesn't she see who Jesus is? And the reality is that she doesn't. And the reality is is in our own lives, you know what? We do the exact same thing. I find myself, man, I see myself here in this woman at the well. Um, I... Most days I can find myself here um, where I'm so overwhelmed with the pressure of getting groceries. I'm so overwhelmed with getting to work or some of you high school students or college students. Michelle can relate to this, I know. uh, Getting my homework done. um, And it just drowns out everything else. I'm so caught up with what is immediate, what is before me, and I'm just not thinking about Jesus. I'm I'm not. I'm 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 passing people by in public and I'm just like I've got a task to do here. I'm not thinking about your soul right now. Um can anybody else relate to that? Um man, we just get so caught up in the ordinary of life. And I think for me, as, as I'm as I'm reading this passage of scripture and um, and something that's kind of happened in my my life this week, I'm really I'm really challenged that I just need to slow down um, and not slow down in a sense of be lazy, but just slow down in a sense of I need to be watching around me for gospel opportunities, opportunities to love people um, in the name of Jesus. Um, so. So just to, to recap, don't underestimate the ability of God to take ordinary moments and turn them into extraordinary, extraordinary. Don't underestimate the reach of God's love. Um, don't underestimate the importance of the gospel, point number three and point number four. No, really, don't underestimate the importance of the gospel. Last thing, uh, last point is don't underestimate how messy people's lives are going to be. When you slow down and you don't underestimate the importance of the gospel and you start to love people in the name of Jesus and you start talking to people. Here's Jesus. He starts talking to this woman. And man, he just opens a can of worms, doesn't he? Uh, man, he gets into it really deep. And all of a sudden, this woman's sharing with him about her messed up love life, um, how broken it is, how messed up it is. Um, don't let that shock you to the point that it pushes you away. Um, you know, I've been in counseling situations with students where I can tell it's coming because I've, I've had students just try to blow me off with one of these things. It's a tactic. It's a tactic that they use. Um, You know, they they almost try to shock me with their sin. Um, They almost try to just push me away. Hey, you don't know how bad I am. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something real, real dirty that I've done. And I'm going to shock you. And you're going to be shocked. And you're just a poor, innocent little youth pastor. And you just don't know what life's really like. And and I'm just going to blow you away with this. It's just a tactic. That's all it is. Because the truth of it is, is there's nothing... That shocks Jesus. And there's nothing that is so wicked and so evil. That the grace of Jesus and the blood of Jesus can't cover it. Uh, So don't let that tactic work. Don't underestimate how messy people's lives are. Sin destroys people. It takes people captive The horrible patterns of behavior. So that people become enslaved to making some painful mistakes over and over again. When you press past the barriers and love people enough to build Christ-revealing relationships, I guarantee you it's going to get messy. But the love of Christ is enough to love them anyway and to embrace them with the gospel. As I've shared already, you know, I've seen myself in this story, okay? I've seen... How I can be so busy with life and the ordinary stuff of life that I miss uh, gospel opportunities um, in my neighborhood. Um, And and I was thinking about this. You know, even at church, we can get busy, can't we? Get caught up with the work of ministry, maybe. Programs that are going on. And we can just walk by people right here in this room that... Need the love of Jesus, uh, maybe a brother or a sister in Christ. that just needs to be encouraged. We can just walk right by them real easily, um, because we're busy. We're focused on the ordinary stuff of life. I want to challenge you guys and to join me in this. Okay, this is this is uh, by all means as I, as I'm sharing this with you. Uh, this is something that I'm really trying to do in my own life. Um, but let, let's slow down. Let's be watching for opportunities around us. Uh, be watching, be expecting God to do something extraordinary in the ordinary circumstances. Um, this week, um, I was sharing with Michelle last night. I got a phone call from a pastor in Wisconsin. Um, camp Red Cloud, um, the camp that we take our students to every summer out in colorado uh, a lot of times they put my name out as a reference if somebody's going to come to their camp for the first time uh, they'll give uh, another pastor or or youth leader my phone number and so they'll call wanting to know about the camp and, and and that happened i think it was either thursday or friday um we've had a really short week um Pastor Jason and Chris and I, we, we were up in Minneapolis. Thanks for sending us church family to, to go up there, by the way. Um, so we, we, we're getting back, you know, late Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, when you're gone, you know, there's a lot to catch up on. There's a lot to do. Um, and, and so you're kind of focused on getting all of it done. I'm, I'm kind of focused on getting, you know, my Sunday school lesson done and, and getting a sermon ready for for tonight. Um, so, so I'm busy and you know a lot of times i get phone calls and i'll just be honest i'm sitting in my office maybe i'm focused on working on a on a lesson or something like that and Ah man, it's just an annoyance. I'm just like, why are you calling me? Leave me alone! Don't you know I have stuff to do? You know, uh, does anybody else do that when they get phone calls? Sometimes I'm probably the only one. I'm i I am a miserable sinner, folks. I just want you to know that. I, I need the grace of Christ in my life. You pray for me. Um, but here here I am. I'm kind of. This is just a, another hassle, another annoyance. Um, fortunately, okay, I've been I've been sitting for the first three days of the week under the godly teaching of just godly men, men that just drip with the gospel. John Piper, um, what's the name of the guy, uh, the Puritan guy, Beaky? What's his first name? Uh, Joel Beakey, I mean just, just Godly men that just drip With the gospel and, and we've been talking About prayer all week and just really Expecting God to do great things and, and to be praying for those opportunities So so you know just by God's Grace and God's sovereignty I've been getting dripped On all week by these guys so I'm ready for This phone call okay I kind of I'm kind of Approaching this phone call the right Way for a change okay I'm expecting God to do great things and so I'm just Telling him trying to be as helpful as I can uh, Talking to him about Camp Red- Red cloud and and just the great things uh, that it 's done in our student ministry and at the end of the call, I ask him if I can pray for him and uh, and he's you know he 's kind of I can tell he 's taken aback at first when I ask him if I can pray for him um, he, he seems just a little taken aback, but he he accepts um, and and so I pray for him. I just get kind of just pray for his ministry, pray for his family, pray for his kids, and and just pray that God would use him in a mighty way uh, to to preach the gospel uh, to to those that he has has opportunity to. Um, and and after the the prayer, it's just kind of dead silence on the other end of the line. And and so, so I'm just like, okay, did he hang up on me? You know what happened? Because uh, I do have a tendency to pray a long time, right? Okay. Uh, the youth can testify to that, that go to Falls Creek with us. Um, and he, after a pause, he says this to me. He, he says, I'm a pastor in a town of about 75,000 people. And I meet with other pastors very regularly, um, just doing other ministry stuff. And he said, um, I think this is the first time that another pastor has ever prayed with me. After a meeting or over the phone. And uh, and I was like, really? It happens to me all the time. My pastor prays with me all the time. Pastor Chris prays with me all the time. You know, uh, Christians, we should not be too busy to drip with the gospel into other believers' lives, into people that don't know Christ. Uh, We should not be too busy for that. That's why we're here. That's that's what God's created us to do—to glorify Him, uh, to come before Him. Maybe you're here tonight, and uh, you, you're, you're just you're, you're relating really well to uh, this Samaritan woman. Uh, you, you're not here and, and really thinking about being too busy or thinking about how you can share the gospel with other people, but but maybe the thought that's Foremost in your mind is, I can't imagine why God would love me. I'm just a plain person. I live in a plain town. Um, In fact, I look at my heart and my heart is just wicked. I can't imagine why God would love a person like me. And I think the message for you tonight... As we look at Jesus and how he loves this Samaritan woman, is that there there is nothing you could do? There's nothing you could be. You can't be too ordinary or too plain for Jesus to love you and for the gospel to press into your life. I want you to see that. I want you to be just impacted by the weight. Jesus is relentless. With this lady, I love you. You keep throwing up barriers, and Jesus just keeps breaking through them. You need to know me is what Jesus is saying in that. And and if you're here tonight, and that's you, and you're just thinking, man, I'm just that's I'm just too ordinary, or, or I'm just too wicked. Hey, don't you can try to tell that to Jesus, but I promise you, his response is. I love you. And there's grace for you and me. Trust me. Trust me with your life. See what I can do with an ordinary life. I love you. I'm going to close with uh, a verse. And this is a verse that uh, Pastor Jason shared uh, this morning uh, in his sermon. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. 2 Corinthians 5:21 Turn there real quick for you. I'll try to quote it cuz I kind of had memorized it one time but I might mess it up. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. A Savior who came and pressed into a sinful world to redeem sinful man. Ordinary, wicked people who need grace. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, tonight, as we, as we wrap up our time together... Um, Just be exalted. Uh, Be exalted as as Savior, as Lord. Be exalted as the one who can rescue us from our sin. Be exalted as one who just breaks down barriers in your pursuit of lost people. Lord, be exalted for us as, as believers as an example. Lord, help us to be people that that cross barriers in your name to show your love to the lost people around us. Lord, help us to be bold. Uh, help us to have courage. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to expect you to do great things in our ordinary days, in our, or- in our ordinary life. I pray that we would be looking for you to do great things in the lives of people around us. Um, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.